or if they want to stay home, they have to use their own sick time. And what we're seeing is people are very upset because they're contracting the virus at work and having to use their own sick time for something that's a consequence of their job. And can you tell me a little bit about what it feels like on in your ward, I guess it's called, like what it feels like in your ward as far as like the amount of patients you're getting? Because a lot of people in New York, it seems like it's all behind hospital walls. And unless you follow the news, you aren't, a lot of New Yorkers aren't really understanding what exactly is going on. Um, um, so we are... Right now, we're completely inundated with patients. Um, you know, we're not the most inundated. Elmhurst definitely takes the cake in that regard. Um, we're actually, some of their patients are being diverted to us. And it's just really chaotic sometimes. Like, they'll, a bed will be empty for, you know, three minutes, and there's already another patient on their way up. There's been times where they've sent up a patient and there's not even a bed ready. And then we kind of have to scramble and figure out where is this patient going to go. They've, the hospital has opened five new units just to accommodate the number of patients that we have. Um, and they've, you know, tried to bring on agency staff in order to relieve some of the burden. But the problem is that most of those agency staff are going to these new units. So we're, we're seeing really short staffing on the units. Um, sometimes our regular staff are even being floated to these new units instead of them just being staffed with agency. And so, and then we're also having the critical shortage of equipment. Um, you know, we have a fixed number of these machines that measure the oxygen saturation in the patient's blood called pulse oximeters. And so we have to prioritize who our most critical patients are that need this continuous monitoring. Uh, and in an ideal world, we would be able to monitor all of them this closely. Um, but we're, we're seeing that we have to prioritize kind of our sickest patients or sometimes our patients that are most likely to recover, um, you know, with our interventions. Those general judgments are, are kind of, there's no standard guidance. It's sort of on the doctors and the nurses to make those calls. With the equipment usage, um, I mean, sometimes the issue is sometimes a doctor will order continuous pulse, pulse oximeter monitoring for a patient, and we have to kind of be like, look, like we have these, you know, four or five other patients that really need it. Um, is it possible for us to just kind of routinely check the, the reading as opposed to have the continuous monitoring? Um, and that's kind of like a just kind of like a sidebar conversation that has to happen sometimes. But, um, you know, all of them, we're, we're checking it. It's just sort of the continuous monitoring that's, right. that's been kind of an issue. So the doctors are juggling multiple patients. Doctors and nurses are juggling multiple patients that all might need continuous monitoring, but only some of them can have continuous monitoring, whereas others can have, like, spot checks. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, like... Everything we've seen with nurses getting sick has also been true of doctors. We have, I think the last I heard it was like 13 or 14 of our medical residents were out with symptoms. Um, so they are just as stretched as we are. Same with our respiratory therapists. Um, they, they haven't hired any agency respiratory therapists. So those guys are running constantly. 
Um, and it's just really not fair to them um, because this is a respiratory disease. You know, we need respiratory therapists. What about people who are dying? Are you guys sort of inundated with uh, deaths? Do you guys have a mobile morgue outside of your hospital? I forget if you guys were one of the hospitals that have that. We do, yes. So they've put like, they've like put up a new morgue outside. Correct. Okay. It's a truck. What, can you tell me a little bit about what's going to go on Monday, Monday, uh, April 6th at 8 a.m.? Yeah, so Monday, April 6th at 8 a.m. outside of Harlem Hospital, we're having a a press event um, where nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists and social workers are going to speak out about what's going on. Um, We've collectively formulated a list of demands. Um, Some are of the um, director of the H&H hospital system, Dr. Katz, and some are a little bit broader and more political directed at Cuomo. Um, So we're asking press to come out. Um, We also, you know, we're we're not necessarily asking members of the community to come join us because of the the social distancing. We want to be very strict about, um, you know, infection control measures. Um, but we, we're expecting to have a group of teachers from the movement of rank and file educators in the UFT, um, circling the hospital in their cars to show solidarity. Um, and we really thank them for that. Oh, could you just tell me some of the top demands for Dr. Mitchell Katz, the president and CEO of health and hospitals in New York city? Yeah. Um, So we are first and foremost asking for new N95 respirators, um, a minimum of every shift. We keep hearing that there are more available, and so we think the policy should be adjusted to reflect that. Um, We're asking for the full 14 days for all of our workers that get sick with symptoms, with any symptoms, subjective or objective. Um, We're asking for uh, an increase in respiratory therapists and social workers, techs um, to help um, frontline staff that are currently burdened with short staffing. So, uh, well, so the staffing piece is really important. Um, For as far as nurses, we have in our our contract safe staffing ratios. And so we just would like to remind Dr. Katz that he signed this contract with us not even that long ago. And we're asking him to comply with the ratios that are in it. We are also obviously asking for the equipment piece, Um, you know, and some of this gets to kind of some higher actors in the system. Um, We want more pulse oximeters. We want more ventilators. We want more vital signs machines to check the patient's blood pressure and temperature. And some of that starts to get into the supply chain issue um, with the equipment. One of the demands my union has put forward through the whole union, not just at our hospital, is for Trump to use the the Defense Production Act to make more equipment like this. And then finally, our last demand is that Cuomo um, not enact these Medicaid cuts that he's put on the table for this year's budget. We just feel like it's really offensive and inappropriate at a time when we're in a public health crisis, we're already under-resourced. The, those Medicaid dollars directly relate to how our budget for the public hospital system is formulated. And so to say that you're going to cut into that in the middle of this crisis 
is ridiculous and so out of touch with reality. And he needs to stop. And like, you guys can't strike, right? So like, you can't strike. And these demands are are to raise awareness for the general public so that hopefully, uh, you know, the the voters can like put pressure on the electeds. But it it's come to my attention from several nurses that the idea that you can stretch people very thin who cannot strike or leave um, and then to keep putting pressure on them and pressure on them, pressure on them. At what point is the union worried that that the system is just going to break under the weight of of this impossible dynamic of a possibly continuing pandemic? Yes. I mean, I think not just us. I think it's, it's a widespread concern that we are stretching the healthcare system to its limit. A collapse would be a disaster right now. And, you know, it is illegal for us to strike. We've seen workers engage in illegal strikes before. Um, TWU did it in, I believe it was 2009. That was a little bit of a disaster. But, you know, people are really upset, you know, miles away from saying we're about to walk off the job because at the end of the day, it's entirely likely that that would have very serious ramifications for for our patients. Um, But people are upset. And it's not necessarily just about raising awareness. We absolutely want to win these things. And if we have to escalate further, we will do that. Uh, What form that takes, I'm not sure yet. I'm, you know, getting all of my cues from my coworkers who helped me come up with this list of demands. But... um, no one should underestimate the amount of fear and anger amongst healthcare workers right now. You know, a lot of the rest of the country sees this and they're like, oh man, but they can't get more. Like, nobody can find more. Cuomo's saying that he can't even buy more ventilators. And Trump is saying that, like, you know, we've sent so many supplies. So what, um, what does the nurses union or what do you guys say when people ask you questions like that? Like, oh, yeah, we all understand, but there just isn't enough. Do you say that, like, you, there could be enough? Or what is the answer to that? Yeah, I, you know, it's a good question. I wouldn't say I have all the answers. I, I would say that, you know, in the wealthiest country in the world where uh, we have people that can buy multiple yachts, I, I don't ever believe that there's not enough. You know, he has, Trump has not uh, seized N95s from other companies. Like, you know, they're widely used in construction. They haven't tried to nationalize the healthcare system. Um, there are certainly parts of the country right now that are not in the midst of their peak that have ventilators. Um, those ventilators could be sent to us, and then after we have our peak, be sent back to them. There is there is an undeniable shortage, but there are measures that they could take to to remedy that, and just, such as I think nationalizing supply chains, nationalizing the healthcare system. And just one more question: So Cuomo has kind of nationalized the healthcare system, but just in New York, he is seizing uh, supplies from private companies. But again, he can only do that in New York, um, and he's gotten private hospitals and public hospitals, and he's trying to, you know, kind of nationalize uh, the hospital system just in this state. But on the other hand, he's made these intense Medicaid cuts. So, 
how like just in general what are the feelings on him right now for on the one hand doing that but on the other hand making those cuts in the budget i have i would definitely say i have my own perspectives on cuomo um i think widespread in new york it seems like he's viewed very favorably right now um you know particularly next to trump but that's a pretty low bar you know (laughs) yeah so (laughs) so I think he's viewed favorably right now, but, and I don't know. I, I can tell you that personally, I know that this man um, has never prioritized the budget of the, the public hospital system in New York. And to me, that's part of the reason that we're in such a crisis right now in the first place, because we've been, you know, kind of pushed and leaned out to have absolutely the bare minimum. And so that means that there is no, like, flex up. We cannot flex up because we've been cut down to the bone. So, I, you know, I do not view him favorably. Thank you so much, Sarah. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to say? I really thank, you know, all the people in the media that are trying to help us get awareness about this. I just am concerned. It's like, sort of evolving into this horrific sob story. And what we really need now is like a counter narrative to that. That is like one of determination and like, this is what we have to do. And we have to place pressure until we get things done. Because right now the response from, you know, the state and federal government, okay, they're doing things, but I don't think they're doing everything that they could do. And they should explore the option of nationalization. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much. And I will see you tomorrow. And uh, again, you know, stay safe and stay healthy. Not that you have a whole lot of options in that regard. And uh, thank you so much for for everything you're doing. Um, I will see you tomorrow. Thank you. F-A-Q.